listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. I know what's going on. That's what's going on. Anyway, we're glad to have you listening in today. And uh, it must be a rainy Saturday morning, and I've got a few cobwebs in my head. But other than that, Jim, it's uh, it's great to be alive, great to be uh, vertical as opposed yeah. to that big tree in my yard that's now <laughs> horizontal. Uh, <laughs> we, we've had you. some weather. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, we, we've got a great show today. It's coming live from Atlanta, Georgia, and Mount, is it Mount Pleasant? Point Pleasant. Point Pleasant, Point Pleasant uh, New, New Jersey. Jersey, and we've got Ray Patton on the line with us, and he's going to tell us all about the museum, and you're going to uh, you're gonna be the inquisitor. You're going to put the inquisition <laughs> well, you. No. I think we're going to allow you two questions today. You're going to let me have two questions? Right. Yeah. Uh, Ray, are you with us? Well, I'm here, sir. Oh, that's great. Uh, Point Pleasant. Uh, I'm having a little problem with my hard drive this morning, but I think you're by Cape May. Does that sound right? No, sir. No. no we're about a hundred. We're about a hundred miles north of Cape May. Okay. We're basically in the middle. We're basically in the middle of the state, and we're really pretty much in the heart of the uh, resort area. Uh, we've got uh, Seaside, which is about five miles south of us, Point Pleasant, which is a, a point of destination for uh, for summer tourists, right. etc. Right. Okay. And, and then north of us by about five miles is Asbury Park. So we're kind of like in the middle of the state, in the middle of the resort activity. However, Point Pleasant itself um, isn't it's a tourist community, but it also has a, a regular... Um, group of, uh, of full-time residents, etc. Year-round year is what I think they're called, year-round residents. Yes, sir, yeah. year-round. Yeah. Um, as opposed to what they refer to the tourists as Bennies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll have to remember that. I'm a Benny. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I looked at your website briefly yesterday and uh, just... I looked at it longer, but I had a couple of projects going. Um, the interesting thing about your museum is you have hot rods in it, and I think that's wonderful. Well, what what we do is, because we're a small facility, and in fact uh, are limited uh, to the number of cars we can display at one given time, we try and rotate the, the display uh, every three months. And uh, we will try and develop a theme. Like there was a hot rod theme. We also had a um, uh, automobile racing in New Jersey, where we had some uh, stock cars, sprint cars, uh, dragsters that we had on display. Uh, right now, we have a display which is called "My Other Car," which is a mixture of of, of cars. You know, like you have a, a 1915 Model T. And we also have a 1957 Chevy convertible, so you know it's a mix of what people might have as the car that they keep in the garage and only take it out when when the sun is shining. Not like today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not like today. <laughs> You've got that storm coming through too. Oh yes, yeah, oh yes. From the looks so, of the weather uh, map. So that's why probably what you saw was the hot rod display. Right. And again, the whole idea is to, given that we're a small facility, uh, we want to encourage people to come back. 
So wonderful. If we, if we offer them different different themes, they have an opportunity to see to see what's going on. How many cars can you actually display in the museum? Normally, we display about ten. Ten. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's and I've seen other pictures. I I saw some of the race cars, and I, I worked in New Jersey for a long time up Englewood Cliffs and Montvale area, and uh, Gasoline Alley in Patterson was kind of like a mini Indianapolis at one time because oh yes, a lot of guys. Happy Huff. Yeah. God bless them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the. Um, the East Coast, the vintage group, the dirt group, I used to go to some of their events. Uh, mm-hmm. And Pappy was yeah, there. And, and yeah. Yeah. This, and, go and ahead. Right now, there's only there's only seven active tracks in the state of New Jersey. Uh, ah. Uh, and of those seven, uh, there's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's four four drag strips and, uh, and three uh, oval tracks. Uh, around, interestingly enough, from in, from Point Pleasant, uh, you go four miles into Wall, and there's Wall Speedway, which is 65 years old, and then you go south about maybe 15 miles, and you got New Egypt Speedway, which again is probably in that 50-year uh, existence. Right. Uh, you got the big you got the big national uh, racing site, which is uh, English Town. Which is a drag strip, but right. it has a lot of the the national events and everything on it. Yeah, in fact, I think didn't New they? Jersey has had a big automobile hit racing history. Mm-hmm. Well, Trenton used to have an oval, a mile oval. If oh I yes, remember. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Is that still in existence? No. Oh, uh, that's no. a shame. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no, there's I, some really. Go I mean, ahead. You know, when you think about it, right in the heart of Patterson, it was Hinchcliffe, and you know, so there was yep. some. Uh, as I said, it has an interesting racing history, uh, but again, it goes back to the '50s, where you know midgets were a big, big event, and, and uh, almost every other town had a had a small racetrack on it. Right, but those days are gone. And that that is a shame. And uh, the the that group that Pappy was involved with, and I can't think of the name of it. Used to put out a great newsletter. I'm, I'm sure they still do, but a lot of those guys are gone now, unfortunately. And uh, I think it was Hilligus down in Allentown. I know that's not New Jersey, but he's a guy that built a lot of the midgets that mm-hmm. ran. Uh, I've been at Wall, and I'm trying to think. There's a couple in in New York. I used to live up in the uh, area by West Point, and uh, got a little. At, Involved. Well, you got Middletown up in New York. Yep, yep, that's that, right. That would be the closest one to West Point. Yes, yeah. And uh, I'm just trying to think because that was 30 years ago, and, you know, the hard drive wasn't really developed too much by then. Um, what really do you do in your museum with the youth? Do you have schools that come in? And yes, we've, we've got a very, very active youth program. Uh, one of the things that we've been doing for years uh, is what we refer to as history on wheels. And here what we do is we take the cars to the kids. Um, we'll uh, by, by the way, I have that uh, up on uh, our streaming right now on the website with your uh, the big trailer that you've got. I, I assume that you all use for taking your cars around. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, the History on Wheels is a very exciting program because we go basically to the high schools. Uh, we've done a couple of elementary, but on most parts, high schools. And we'll, we have a representation of maybe two to three cars of each era from 1900 up to, to the 1970s. And to make it meaningful, we also have placards that we put in front of the, each of the era cars and it associates what was going on in history and what impact history had on, on the automobile and what impact the automobile had on, on history so that it's got, you know, who the presidents were, what the, uh, what the average income was, uh, pop music at that time. It's just like a, a little uh, overview of the specific uh, uh, themes. So not only are the kids getting to enjoy the cars that are on display, but also uh, they're getting to understand the relationship between what was happening in their lives, or in, not in their lives, because they weren't up or they weren't born yet, but in the, the lives of, of the people around them and uh, the automobile. Well, what, uh, how would you say the response from the kids has been to this? It's, it's very good. It's very phenomenal. Uh, on top of that, we're, we're deeply involved with the, with the Boy Scouts, uh, we, 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 we co-sponsor, uh, a division Pinewood Derby in Tom's River. And, uh, we've got a number of, uh, of, of, of speaker bureau themes. We also have, we have a speaker bureau which is geared towards the adult communities. However, we do have a couple of programs that are geared towards the youth. So that, uh, youth education is an important part of, of our existence. And one of the things, and you can appreciate it, you're over the hill like me. Um, <laughs> kids, kids, kids aren't interested in cars anymore. I mean, I remember when I was uh, 16, I couldn't wait until I got that license and I had been working on a car for two years prior to me being able to get a license. Today, the kids, they just don't have the interest in automobiles. So you've got to kind of motivate them to, to, to develop an interest or this, this, this wonderful hobby of uh, of antique cars is going to disappear. Well, you know, Ray, you you've just described what this this show and and why we do the show is all about. Is that uh, we want to get the kids off the couch and playing with their thumbs, and uh, heaven forbid they might get their hands dirty. But uh, you know, and and I tell you, to some extent. Uh, Evolution has taken care of things too. I, I can't look at, I can't open the hood of either one of my cars and know what the hell to do in it. Now it's it, you know, uh, with the old carburetors, with the timing light and the and the good smell of that that oil dripping. You know, you could get involved with it, but um, we we sort of outsmarted ourselves, which is good. I I, I don't want progress to stop by any means, but um, kids don't. I, you know, if they if they learn that they can take an engine apart and they can uh, time a, a car, you know, this is what uh, getting involved is all about, and yeah. and even getting kids to learn how to change a tire, heaven forbid. Well, that's yeah. called AAA or, or roadside. Is, I was just going to say their answer is make a phone call. Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, the the other thing that. David and I and, and Steve are big proponents of is grandparents taking their grandchildren 
to museums or to car events and starting them out young and letting them experience that. And do you have any special activities like grandparents' well, no, week? Well, you or? know, I would say that probably in a given week, 50% of the visitors are grandparents with their their grandchildren. Now, where we are in in kind of like in the middle of New Jersey in, in Ocean County, Ocean County is one of the largest uh, senior populations in the area, and there's a load of uh, senior communities strewn throughout the area, so that there's a lot of seniors, and a lot of them get visits from their, their, uh, uh, their grandchildren, and what better place to go than take them to an automobile museum. And the one thing that's very attractive about where we are is right next to us is the Museum of Boating. So they can make a, a half-a-day event out of it by come and visit our facility and then go next door and visit the Boat Museum. That's neat. Ray, on that note, uh, we, uh, we do divide this up into four segments, so we're going to take a uh, quick break coming up in about 30 seconds, and I uh, just want to make you aware of it. We have your, uh, like I said, we have your website up. It's going through your museum as we speak, looking at the different cars, the, the gas pump that you have. you got a, a couple of motorcycles. What's that, Jim? The yep. Crosley. That was a Crosley. Okay. And uh, we got the Willis there and uh, the Ford and the Ford Mustang. By the way, if you ever need to get rid of that uh, 57 Chevy convertible, uh, I got my hand raised. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, but David, your charity doesn't qualify. <laughs> my wife? Yeah, we all have one Yeah. But anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with Ray Patton from the Vintage Automobile Museum in New Jersey right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And we're back on the Classic Car Show. We've got our guest today, Mr. Ray Patton from the... uh, uh, Vintage Automobile Museum in New Jersey. Point Pleasant. Port yes, Pleasant. Ocean and County. And where is it? It's right in the middle of New right. Jersey. Right, yeah. Ocean County. Ocean yeah. County. So anyway, um, Ray, can you give us a little bit of the history of the museum, how it got started, and, and some of the things that uh, you just mentioned, one that have happened to it uh, since it opened? Absolutely. Um, the, the 
museum was founded in 2000, and it was founded by a group of progressive members of the Vintage Car Club of Ocean County, and they felt that there was a definite need for a public museum. New Jersey was one of the few states that didn't have a, a public automobile museum. There's a number of very fine private <coughs> facilities, but they're not open to the public. So our goal was to, in fact, uh, build a museum. Now, when we started in 2000, we had high expectations, and we thought that the world was going to beat a, uh, a path to our door with, with funding to, in fact, permit us to, to build a big facility like you see in many other parts of the country. However, reality set in, and it wasn't happening. Um, we did have a, a site that we had purchased uh, with the intent of building on it, but with the fact that we weren't getting the uh, revenue needed uh, or the donations needed to make it happen, uh, we, we elected to, to put in a smaller facility. Now, in that interim period, we were doing a lot of activities, such as we mentioned earlier, the History on Wheels, the Speaker Bureau, a uh, tremendous amount of, uh, of uh, car cruises, plus uh, one, of our, one of our principal um, sources of income is our raffle car. Traditionally, we raffle off uh, a, must, a, a classic Mustang. This year, we have a 1969 Mustang convertible that we're raffling off. So all of that was going on, but we still didn't have brick and mortar. So um, in uh, 2012, uh, we had an opportunity to, to uh, rent a site that was uh, right in the heart of, uh, of the resort area. And as a matter of fact, the thing that's interesting, it's in a, a big boating facility. Uh, it's called Johnson Brothers Boat Works. And uh, we have a building there, and um, next to us is another uh, museum. It's the Museum of Boating. But getting back to us, so we, in, in, uh, in 2012, we, in fact, uh, had an official opening on September 15th of 2012. We had a, a um, might say, a uh, informal opening uh, in July, but we had an official uh, wave the flag opening on December 15th of 2012. However, in October 29th of 2012, we got wiped out. Uh, that was the day of, that Sandy hit the East Coast and really slammed New Jersey, particularly in the area we, we were. Uh, we got a lot of the cars out, uh, but and all these cars are basically loaner cars that people are kind enough to, to offer us for our display. Uh, and uh, net result was that uh, uh, seven cars got severely damaged. But the thing that was most devastating is we lost so much of our memorabilia. We lost half of our library. We had a magnificent display of uh, Danbury Mint model cars. It was a big cabinet with a glass front and everything. And unfortunately, the, the, uh, this, the water came in and tipped it and damaged ruined everything. Um, the uh, the thing that was also sad is that the water that came in reached 52 inches in the building. Wow. In the 30-some-odd years that that site had been in existence, uh, there was never more than 24 inches in it. So we thought that we'd be smart, and we, we raised each one of the cars two cinder blocks high, figuring that, in fact, would, would minimize any problems that we had. 
unfortunately, Mother Nature decided to hit us with 52 inches of water. And because we were in, in a marina area and about 35 boats sank, uh, the, the water wasn't just salt water. It was salt water and oil. So you can imagine the, the mess that it made of everything that it, it hit. Um, but we got through it. We, we cleaned it up. Uh, we got the cars out. Matter of fact, the cars that were on display at that time was a theme of uh, Model A's and, uh, and Model T's. The one good thing about it, the fact that the cars have limited electronics and, uh, uh, you know, are re relatively tall in and of themselves, uh, the damage was severe but not, not irreplaceable. Uh, all the cars naturally got water into the engines. You pull a dipstick and you had a gush of water coming out. Uh, all the cars had to have whatever electrical components they had replaced. Uh, differentials had to be drained. Rear ends had to be drained. But, uh, you know, it was all done. Uh, we put the, we cleaned, we tore the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, wall board off to get rid of any mildew that might occur. And uh, we put it back together and uh, through the, aid of the membership and of the people volunteering uh, stuff to supply us with, we're back in business. Uh, so uh, we've been operating since then, and uh, we've had a number of different themes that have come through, but, uh, you know, we're alive and well. That, uh, that, one thing that's kind of interesting, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I, I just wanted to know, did you save all seven of those cars? Uh, no, no. It was, uh, okay. a, a twenty-seven, a twenty-seven uh, model T uh, doctor's coupe wasn't uh -huh. able to be saved, but everything else was saved. Wow. Okay, that, that's just commendable. All the effort you put into that, because I have seen some people who thought they could buy one of these salvage cars and restore it, and when you said saltwater, I mean that's just absolutely the death of these cars and I've seen transmissions yeah. opened and the gears are all rusted yeah well so, as I said we got on everyone got on them pretty fast and, that's great and uh, you know yeah. they, uh, they've, they've been back to their owners and their owners have uh, have uh, pretty much uh, redone them yeah that's wonderful okay go ahead I didn't mean to interrupt you alright now one, one interesting thing when you talk about about the museum and the history etc um, one thing I think it's interesting is our logo, which you sure on, saw on our website, which is basically a Mercer yes. uh, runabout and Barnegat Light. And that's kind of like identifies where we are. The Mercer was built in Mercer County, which is in Trenton, New Jersey. And uh, I think the Mercer was built from 1908 to, to 1920 or something like that. Tw 23, sure. 23 or 24, I think, Ray, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, okay. And, and uh, naturally, Barnegat Light is the Barnegat Light. has been there for a long time. So, right. so that's, that, that, that became the, our logo, and it's very appropriate for where we are and, and what we are. Do you have a no. Mercer, or have you had a Mercer in the museum? Yes, we have a, a replica Mercer that was donated to us by uh, Mr. Uh, and Mrs. Uh, Ralph Voorhees, and uh, it's, a, it's a replica of a 1913 runabout. Uh, it's full size, and uh, 
Matter of fact, it's powered by a Jeep motor. <laughs> oh, gee, that's the white car that's uh, on your on your website. That's right. That's, yeah. that's right. And and uh, so I mean, we're very proud of that. Uh, and it's you know, it uh, it's the first we we just got it. I guess it was last year. So it's the first time that we've really had uh, a vehicle which is truly represents uh, the logo of of the museum. That's neat. Now, do you have or have you had any of the uh, oval track, the dirt cars, the midgets, and the sprint cars that were actually built up in Patterson and on Gasoline Alley? Um, the cars that we had, we, we had uh, a midget, we had a sprint car. Uh, they weren't built in Patterson, but, uh, you know, they were from, from this immediate area. Right. Uh, and, and, again, they were, they were uh, loaned to us by the uh, members of the uh, uh, vintage, uh, the Garden State Vintage Stock Car Club. And they're headquartered in Wall Stadium, and they go around to, to all of the tracks in New Jersey and in some in Pennsylvania and put on exhibitions with their cars. So uh, we have a, a pretty good relationship with those guys, and, and in fact, we're planning on having another uh, automobile display in January, which is January, February, which is the time that these guys aren't racing and they don't have their cars tied up in, in, in other uh, events. Uh, and we're going to take it one step further with this one. There's a, uh, an auto, a auto model club in the area, and in some preliminary talks, uh, they're looking at the pot. They might put in a, uh, a display of a racetrack, and uh, all kinds of race cars and everything on it so that we'll have this display in conjunction to having the real cars and all the other memorabilia that's related to it. That's great. That, I, I really like the fact that you go into depth on these, and that's another area with the youth today that they don't understand because I can remember, like, Thursday night or Friday night or Saturday night, there was always some kind of a race at a local track. Yeah. And the, yeah, well, everybody was, jump in the car and and uh, go over there and watch it for a while and eat hot dogs and drink soda. There you go. Well, when I was a, a youth, we had a, a sprint car. I'm not a sprint car, a sportsman stock. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had the luxury of being able to race three nights a week. Uh, Thursday we used to run in Old Bridge. No, I'm sorry, in New Egypt. Uh-huh. Friday was Old Bridge, and Wall, and Saturday was Wall Stadium. So, at that time, because of, of what was going on and the activity and the interest level and everything, because this was into the 50s, um, that uh, you know you had the luxury of being able to to race three nights a week and uh, stay within a 75 mile tow radius. Wow! Oh, that, that's wonderful. Of course, now, you know, that's out of the question. Well, except, no, you folks still have Wall and New Egypt going, which is great. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, let's talk about Englishtown for a minute. There's been rumors floating around that uh, people want to close it, and then it gets reinvigorated. And uh, I understand they shortened it a little bit. It's not really a quarter of a mile anymore because of the lack of runoff. Is that correct? I'll be honest with you. I'm not as knowledgeable of, of drag, drag racing as I am of, of the oval cars. Okay. However, 
Old Bridge being uh, one of the national tracks, it would be a tragedy if, in fact, that it's closed. But it's so sad because throughout the country, uh, you've had so many racetracks that are in place that, uh, uh, you know, were built in the middle of, of nowhere, and then all of a sudden developers build homes around them, and then the, 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 the realtor, the consumers who are buying the homes, fully aware that there's a racetrack in their backyard, start complaining and, and, and raising heck, and the net result, the track is closed. Uh, I mean, I can think of three different tracks around yeah. here that that happened to, uh, and and oh, what do you call it? Um, well, English Town. Yeah, think being, think, think about it for a minute because we're, we're going to take a break, and we'll be okay. right back. But think about English Town, and uh, we'll come back to you. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. My name is Dr. Jeff Terry from Mobile, Alabama. I love taking care of my patients and not computers. That is why I need your help. On October 1st, the government will mandate that I implement the new ICD-10 coding system, and if not able to do so, then I will be put out of business and my patients will have to find a new physician. Please call and write your congressmen and senators today and tell them no to ICD-10. Tell them physicians need a grace period in order to concentrate on you, the patient, and not the computer. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to the Classic Car Show. We've got Mr. Ray Patton on from the... Vintage Automobile Museum, and we're delighted to have him and learning all about it. And uh, I, 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 I'm really impressed with the trailer and the history on wheels that you all do. I, I think that's great. How do you all divide up uh, the work, Ray? Well, we're 100% volunteer, so it, it really depends on the willingness of the membership to, in fact, uh, help do these various activities and and there are some people that specialize in given areas uh like uh i'm involved in the marketing we have a couple of fellows that uh, we uh, as well as having the the vintage museum display we also have a warehouse where we house some of the cars that that uh are donated to us and uh, where we do repairs on on some of the cars that we have etc so that those these are, some of these guys dedicate a lot of their time to that, and, and we have other people who, in fact, uh, you know, are uh, kind enough to go and donate their time that they go around to the various uh, car shows and everything, and, and sell raffle tickets for the for the raffle car that we have each year. Well, so tell us tell, tell us something about, tell us something about that raffle car, right quick. <laughs> You've okay, got David's real, interest. <laughs> it's a really neat car. Uh, it's a it's a, a red 
1969 Mustang convertible, has a white top and uh, a, a red interior. Um, it's it's in pristine condition. Uh, it's a it's a six cylinder uh, automatic, and we found that uh, the Mustangs are very desirable raffle car because everybody loves a Mustang, young and old. If they're the, the that's one of the few cars that the youth even likes is the old Mustangs. So that uh, it's it's an attractive piece that uh, draws attention and in fact uh, has helped us to to support our um, our programs. Uh, we've we've rented we've been raffling off um, Mustang convertibles for the last four years, and um, you know every one of them uh, has been a very nice car, and they all had a great time uh, winning them. So uh, it's an important part of our our project. Uh, and again, we're not going for for uh, high performance. We're going for for a Mustang convertible that's going to appeal to the masses. And the one that we have right now, again, as I said, is a six cylinder, so it's reasonably economical. It, it's very high styled with the with the red uh, body and the white convertible top. So it's a neat car, and uh, people like it. And uh, you know, at, uh, and at the, uh, how do, how do you get tickets if you live in, I'll say. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, well, we have we, we do some ads, and in the ads, we, we uh, in fact um, will uh, have you know you can go and, and order them through the mail. Uh, what you have to do is, I mean, right now, if you wish to order them, what you have to do is it's uh, five dollars a chance, uh, twenty dollars for six, and all you have to do is put that twenty dollars in an envelope and. Uh, Send it to the Vintage Automobile Museum of New Jersey, Post Office Box 606, uh, Point Pleasant, New Jersey, 08742, and we'll be happy to send you uh, some books and put them in, put the uh, the stubs in the uh, the wheel to for you, in fact, uh, to possibly be a winner. Wow. And now, now, is all this information on your website as well? Yes, it is. Matter of fact, the picture of the car and the information to... Uh, to where to uh, to send is there. Beautiful. How do you get the cars? Are they donated to you, or do you buy them? No, or? we have a we have we have a uh, we haven't had one that's been donated yet. Uh, we we have a uh, a group of guys which is kind of like our uh, car committee, and uh, they'll they'll seek out cars. Uh, they get on eBay and uh, Craigslist with you know people that they know and everything. And they'll they'll find a car, and it has to be a, a nice car, because you know we're we're raffling it off. Uh, so some of them come in; we have to spend some money on them to bring them up to the standard. But uh, we do it, and it's been very successful. And an interesting aside is that we've had far more success with the Mustangs than anything else that we raffled off. Uh, I think when we first started, it was before my time, I think we had a, a Buick Regal that was raffled off. But uh, prior to the Mustangs, we had done a run on Corvettes, but they didn't receive the interest that the Mustangs have because the Corvette kind of like is geared towards a specific uh, group of people, or as I said, for some reason, the Mustang is universal. I mean, you know, it's, it's the... It was... Well, you, you developed in 1964, and in fact, that it's most the second most successful 
uh, launch of an automobile for Ford prior to the uh, the Model A. Yeah, yeah, huh. you, you hit the nail on the head though with the everybody knows a Mustang and everybody gets excited about him. And yeah. if you, you know, I've got a friend that that had one, and in fact now his son's got a fastback, but. This was 10 years ago. I mean, they pull into a gas station, and it, and it was just a yellow notchback. And, man, people would start coming up and say, oh, my mother had one or my dad had one or my cousin had one, and I remember when it came out in 1964. And there is a love for that car that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Ray, I want to segue into something else. You mentioned that uh, you all had another uh a warehouse operation where you, where you all work on the car. How extensive do you all get on restoration? Uh, we don't. We really don't. We do basically uh, ourselves just uh, you know uh, maintenance type on the cars that we have. Uh, there are a number of restoration shops in in the immediate area, and uh, you know they're they're the guys that would be doing this. We're not big enough to have a restoration shop at this time. And speaking of that, what does the future look like, and where, where do you all want to go? Well, uh, in our five-year plan, we still would like to have a larger facility. Uh, we're optimistic that we might be able to double the size of the site that we have in the next year or so uh, in the immediate area where we are. But, you know, we're st- our goal still is to, in fact, have something like uh, like the Allentown facility or 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 something like that, uh, but to do that we're going to need some sort of uh, of corporate sponsorship. I mean, and with the economy the way it is, uh, companies just aren't throwing the money out there. And, and we haven't met a benevolent benefactor who has <laughs> multi million dollars that's going to say, "Oh, we'll go and give these guys a couple million dollars to go and put up a, a bigger facility." So we're happy with what we have. We are looking to expand. Uh, we're, we're doing, uh, trying to keep the, the museum's awareness out there by things like we talked about, you know, the History on Wheels, the um, Speaker Bureau, uh, and attending as many uh, events and, and different type of activities that we can. Like, you know, we'll make it a point to, to have our, our raffle car on display at the seafood festivals that occur in and around this area. And, um, you know, we're not just trying to, we're not just staying in, in this immediate area. This is the Vintage Oldsmobile Museum of New Jersey. Uh, one of the biggest uh, revenue producers for us is that we had the, uh, the um, Mustang over at the uh, uh, New York car show over at Jacob Javits. In, uh, in oh, March. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that, that received, you know, got tremendous amount of awareness for the museum, plus the fact it generated a very nice amount of uh, income for us towards our goals. So, you know, that that's what we're trying to do is to move around as much as we can with given the limitations that, you know, it takes manpower, it takes money, but uh, we're doing our best to, to try Good. and get the awareness Good. out there. Um, not just in the immediate area. Yeah, t- tell us. You you mentioned car cruises. Do you have cruise-ins at the museum? Yes, we have. We usually have maybe two a year. One of them, which is very interesting, is that we we work in conjunction with the uh, with the boat museum, 
and we'll have antique boats and antique cars on display on the property. And it creates a, a tremendous amount of interest in the immediate area, and it gets a tremendous amount of attendance. Uh, one of our biggest problems is where do you park the spectator cars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a nice problem to have? Yeah. 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 Um, is there such a thing as a cars and coffee like Saturday mornings where a bunch of the... We we don't have it, but there are cars and coffees right in the immediate area. There's one that was that was that that's in Asbury Park. There's another one that's in uh, the Wall um, Executive Airport. And it's something that we've talked about. It might be something that, that we will do, but we haven't, we haven't set it up at this time. Um, we are, our museum is open uh, five days a week. Uh, it's open every day but Monday and Tuesday. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes we'll have uh, a by accident gathering of cars because people come that are maybe members or such, and, and all of a sudden you'll come down and there'll be seven or eight uh, cars outside for people that are visiting the facility. Well, what about, uh, are you open year-round, or? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, we're open uh, on, um, what do you call it, uh, Wednesday through Sunday uh, from uh, 12 to 4. On Saturday, we're open from 10 to 4. Uh, and uh, there's always a, uh, a host there. Uh, which will help the people to answer any of their questions. And, and as I said, you know, we may only have 10 cars on display, but we have tons of, of memorabilia, which kind of uh, fascinates a lot of people. Uh, you had mentioned that you had seen uh, the uh, the mobile gas pump. Well, the one thing you may not have noticed is that the price of gas on that was 18 cents. Now, I don't know exactly <laughs> when that that pump uh, was was, you know, operating, but it had to be in the in the early fifties for an eighteen cent a gallon price. Oh, right. I, I remember it in Texas dry, having gas wars and getting down to twelve cents a gallon. Oh, gee, <laughs> 20, <laughs> you know, twenty-two cents yeah, a we're gallon. Up to, uh, we're up, we're up to like two sixty around here right now. Yeah, it was two ninety-five when I tur- at the Shell station on the corner when I turned into the studio this morning. So, so. Uh, your repairs have been done as far as Sandy is concerned. I, I've got to ask you, when you, I assume that you volunteer and give um, give tours yourself sometimes, well, we always ask to, have you got any good parent, grandparent or parent stories that you'd like to pass on to us? Uh, I, I'm thinking of one that uh, there was this gentleman that, that came in with his grandson, and uh, he was absolutely uh, mesmerized by, there was a, um, what was oh, a, um, a Henry J. We had a Henry J. on display. And he absolutely was in awe about it, telling his, his grandson that he had bought the car in Sears Roebuck, that they sold him, and uh, it ended up he became a member and a hardworking member. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I remember when I was a kid, it was called the Allstate. And all it was was that's just right. a Henry yep. J that, with a different badge on it. Yeah. And it was a smart move. Of course, I don't yeah. I don't think a car dealer or the car dealer associations would let them get away with doing that now. Yeah. But well, 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 you know, one thing when you talk about a Henry J, um, we have... Um, a, a one of the one of the themes that we did 
is um, orphan cars. Orphan? And, uh, we had okay. a orphan. Yeah. Uh, we had a Henry J. We had a Studebaker. We had a Nash. We had a Metropolitan. We had a Packard. A uh, what else did we have? Desoto. Pontiac. Uh-huh. No, we didn't have any Desotos. We 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 weren't able to pick up a Desoto, but you know we had cars that are in that middle era. Right. Uh. So, and and uh, it was interesting because uh, you know a lot of the particularly the young, well with the older people it was remember when you know they could remember remember yeah memoris yeah <laughs> the tongue isn't working uh, about the about the cars that they were seeing and uh, with the young people some of them were were in awe that these cars ever did exist I tell you on that note we're going to have to take our final break we'll be back with Ray Patton and the Vintage Automobile Museum in New Jersey right after this Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, You can rest assured, knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we do appreciate you listening every Saturday morning. Uh, I think we're going to do an archive next week. I hope that doesn't turn anybody off, but uh, I don't know about uh, some fo- some some people here like to torture themselves and run the Peachtree Road Race in 200-degree weather, and we, we have a name for them, but I can't say it on the air. But anyway, others of us start our grill rather early in the morning because we're going to smoke something good and big, southern style. And so we uh, we do the smart thing. We stay under the air conditioning, drinking cold beverages. And again, we won't go into detail. Uh, you know what? It, we won't it's, go in. We all. That's what's wonderful about all of us. We all do different things. And yes. And Ray, uh, Ray, is your museum open on the Fourth of July? Uh, yes, it is. Wonderful. 
And so, are you going to be working? Uh, we'd like the we'd like a phone call from you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not really. You'll no, get the answering service. Dave, David's pulling your leg there because. Uh, yeah, yeah you know, I'll get the answering machine, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we want you to check in anyway. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, one of us, as he said, will be running a race, a ten k race, with sixty thousand people. So. God bless you. Ah, thank you. I, somebody needs to bless me. Um, <laughs> tell me a couple of things. What's in the future for you? I know you you're, you mentioned a five-year plan. Are you going to be able to acquire some automobiles, or are, are you still looking for people to... Well, well what we're doing is, is really depending on uh, people loaning us their, their, their jewels, to display for a, a period of time uh, so that, you know, we're not actively looking to... We, the, the museum itself has a select few cars that we own. Uh, for example, the, the Merce that you spoke about, the 1915 uh, Model T. Uh, we have a, a, couple of other, uh, a couple of other cars that uh, have been donated that are of the quality that you could use for for a parade, etc. But on the most part, the museum is built on uh, the use of loaner cars uh, from from uh, members and just people who have great enthusiasm for automobiles and are willing to take one of their cars and let us display it for a period of time. Usually, it's a three month period. Beautiful. Do you have a car there that if someone brought their grandchild in, they could be photographed in? Do you ever do that? Yes, yes. Matter of fact, uh, that we've we've had them in the Mercer, we've had them in the Model T. Uh, and I mean, they're the cars that uh, we. I'm trying to think. Right now, we have a Crosley convertible there uh, that you know you, that, that people can take pictures with their kids. Beautiful. And when we had, so I mean, and with every one of the displays, there's always something. That we can, uh, that they can sit in and take a picture of. Wonderful, and you have a gift shop, I believe, from looking. Yeah, we have, what we're doing is we're selling. Uh, you know, we have uh, shirts with the logo on it. Uh, we have jackets, uh, hats. Uh, oh, uh, magnetic uh, plates that you can put on. The, you know, like on your car. A lot of people buy them when they're doing. Uh, cruises and such to identify that they're members of the Vintage Automobile Museum. And um, that's about what we have in there at this time. Okay. All right. Now, David, you still have your question to ask. That's true. The I, one. I was, uh, the, my one question, my one technical question that Steve and Jim let me ask because they know my extensive knowledge of classic cars. How many weddings have you all had at the museum, and are you planning any weddings for the museum? You know, that's an interesting question. We've never had one. And, uh, you know, when you mentioned it, uh, it's certainly something that would be interesting if if, uh, a a couple were interested in getting married. Uh, I mean, the facility would be be attractive enough that they could uh, uh, utilize it. Uh, but no, we've never had the uh, had one, and we've never had anyone ask. But again, uh, it is an interesting uh, opportunity. Yeah, there's, there's always know, rel- a first. You know, relatively speaking, uh, the KC Museum is 
has been up and running for a year now. We had them on right after they opened their doors. But relatively speaking, you all are pretty new. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2012, that's, that's yeah. just three years coming up on a three-year anniversary. So, yeah. Yeah, you, 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 who knows? Well, you'll, you'll get weddings before long. I'm yeah. sure. The, the, the commendable thing is you've you've got a good group of volunteers. You've got a five year plan, and you go out. You've got a speakers bureau, and it sounds like you've really put together a good game plan. And you've got Chris Christie. <laughs> <laughs> and Edward hopes that you don't get him. <laughs> I won't go any further. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, one other thing, and and I'm trying to think, outside of the Mercer, do you know, were there any other automobiles built in New Jersey? You know, there were. And, and I mean, I know that Rolls-Royce was, was assembled uh, up in, in Elizabeth for a while, and uh, there's, there's a number of them, but I'm not that... Uh, savvy on it. Uh, okay, all right. We've got one, one, we've got two guys in the museum that are basically historians, John Mahoney and Denny Darian. And uh, matter of fact, Denny uh, scripts most of the, uh, the the speaker bureau programs, and, and they're extremely knowledgeable. They know names and people and everything else. Uh, I'm not that that knowledgeable of it. Uh, modern stuff, yeah, I'm okay. But, okay. Uh, these are the guys that are the experts. As I said, you know, we have a diverse group of people, and, uh, you know, these are guys that, that, that can really get into this and, and knock your socks off with their their, their knowledge of the, the history of the automobile. That's great. David, you, any, anything else come to mind that... Uh um, yeah, come see us. Yeah, well, David. Well, yeah, David's had a GTO, so he's kind of revered around here. Between that and the uh, and the Impala Healy, and uh, yeah, I had an Impala with three deuces on it, and that. <laughs> but that was, you know, this that's what we talk about with wanting to get the kids involved. Um, you know, from a Model T that anybody can basically work on. Uh, very simple. Obviously, the parts are uh, still very available. Um, on up to the muscle cars, some of the muscle cars that you all have. I, I would just like to open the hood of that 57 and stick my head in and smell. You know? <laughs> I, there, there's that certain thing. But, right. Uh, you know, it's, it's getting the kids and the cars have made the United States of America. Unlike any other country in the world, we wouldn't be where we are without the automobile. And uh, we've been the leader in automobiles, and it's so important um, that that kids, uh, future generations, know how dependent we became on automobiles, how we turned automobile factories and, and truck factories into airplane plants, how we, you know, it just, it's just, it's it's a part of our, everything that we breathe. Right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So many kids today don't understand, uh, and, and our history books aren't telling them and not telling the story. So, uh, Ray, we look to you and, and your museum and others uh, across the country to, to tell the story that's not being told. Yeah, just in passing, well, thank you. What, what, what did you do uh, before you got into the museum business? Oh, I'm not in the museum. I'm a volunteer. Well, uh, I but, mean, uh, a vo- I the was, volunteer uh, museum business. <laughs> yeah, I, I was 
Uh, I was uh, in the food business. I was uh, vice president of sales and marketing for for a couple of, uh, of food companies. Oh, that's that that's great. Let me touch on something. You had a Jeep uh, in there, a World War II Jeep that, that right. fl- flashed up. Do you, is that? That, that, that? That's not actually a World War II Jeep. It's a 1947 when okay. when, um, when uh, Willie's you know was out of business with uh, uh, with war needs. Uh, they were selling a lot of Jeeps off. Uh, that's called an agricultural Jeep. It's okay. rigged with the winches and everything on it. Yeah, and uh, you know. The, that's a that's a barn a, a barn find uh, that the fellow found that in in a barn in upstate New York. And matter of fact, the gentleman that owns that also owns the the Jeepster that's uh, on display at the museum. Okay, now. all right. Yeah. Well, Ray, it uh, it has been our pleasure to have you on uh, this Saturday. And for everybody that's uh, listening or or those that check the web, uh, we'll have this posted uh, probably no later than Tuesday, and they can listen to it again. And certainly you all are welcome to put it on your website, Ray. And uh, we want to thank you and and, uh, remind everybody that they can go by the Vintage Automobile Museum. and uh, When they're down in central New Jersey. They're They're at the shore. Yeah, great. So, again, thank you very much, Ray. Thanks, Ray. Okay, thank you. Take care now, gentlemen. You Thanks. too. Bye. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.